What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always with David Drogemeyer, my co-host. We're two writers from San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers for four seasons now, doing our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live. And this is our second season with the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, David. Well, we have a lot to talk about today. It's a typical Thursday show, which means we're going to be getting into the keys for success for the Chargers defensively in the second segment and wrapping things up offensively in the last segment. But as we know, the show pretty much always starts with some injury news. And today, the injury news is revolving around Dontrell Inman. So Dontrell Inman has officially been placed on injured reserve So we're going to talk about that in the first segment and also talk about all of the guys that are on the injured reserve list because the Chargers have a bunch of guys. And we all know that the Chargers can only bring two of those guys back in the season. So you have to be gone at least eight weeks. So the later the season goes on, the less likely someone's going to be brought back. But some decisions are going to have to be made. And every other person that gets put on injured reserve after this you would have a hard time seeing them come back to the field at some point this season. So let's go ahead and get into it, David. This is your Locked On Chargers lead story. I'm Daniel Wade, joined as always by David Drogemeyer. The Chargers officially placed wide receiver Dontrell Inman on injured reserve on Wednesday in a move that was a little surprising because we didn't know if his injury was severe enough for him to miss that much time, but the Chargers needed spots on the roster and decided to put Dontrell Inman on injured reserve, effectively ending his season, which is a really bad time for the Chargers because they're extremely thin at wide receiver right now. Last week, we saw Andre Patton get his kind of first shot in the NFL and had two catches in that game. We saw Jeremy Davis come in a little bit as a receiver, and he's mostly a special teams guy, and that was because Mike Williams and Travis Benjamin both missed the game against the Dolphins with an injury. So as of Wednesday, Mike Williams and Travis Benjamin were both limited participants, but it's hard to say for sure if they're going to play this week. And David, this move obviously hurts the Chargers because Dontra Inman was a reliable set of hands and somebody that Phillip Rivers had a chemistry with that is hard to match with someone who's just getting brought onto the roster. But even more than that, the timing with this, already missing a few of your big-name receivers. It's really bad timing for the Chargers because right now they could be potentially sending out a top three set of receivers this weekend that is Keenan Allen, Andre Patton, and Jeremy Davis, which is probably a sentence we never even thought we would ever say. Yeah, it's definitely one that sends a little bit of some shivers down my spine uh, and not the good ones, okay? I mean, if I'm the opposing defense, I'm like, hmm, who am I going to try to take away? Oh, wait. Let's go ahead and take away Keenan Allen and make anybody else beat us. But yeah, it's just terrible, especially after Dontrell Inman showed uh, you know that same chemistry we all knew he had with Phillip Rivers. Had a big game, uh, definitely contributed, stepped up when the Chargers needed him to, and he just gets hurt and gets put on IR. It just seems like that's uh, the unfortunate. Uh, that's just the unfortunate series of events that keep on happening to the Chargers. Another guy goes down another position group that is just so deathly thin and you got to hope that Mike Williams is going to come back soon and be healthy because if another wide receiver gets injured it's going to be mayday mayday for the Chargers offense 
Yeah, if it's not already. I mean, last week you saw the very limited offense without Mike Williams and Travis Benjamin, at least as far as the receivers went. And yes, the guy that leads the NFL in receiving yards by more than 60 yards to this point, and Keenan Allen is obviously going to be the focus of the Broncos defense this weekend, especially if a guy like Mike Williams can't play or is even you know, playing through an injury. It's hard to even feel great when Travis Benjamin comes back just because of the lack of production that we've seen out of him so far this season. And one piece of good news is you might have Hunter Henry coming back soon. He was out there with the team today, so hopefully some help in the receiving department there with Hunter Henry. It brings up a larger question, David, for me about just the Chargers that are on injured reserve right now. So there's a lot of guys on the list, and the big names on here are Sean Colkin, Dontrell Inman, Derwin James, Adrian Phillips, and Trevor Williams. Some other lesser-known players, Andrew Voller, who was putting together a nice camp before getting injured, Coda Martin, Trayvon Johnson, and Dylan Cantrell, the former sixth-round pick. In the NFL, there's a rule that stipulates you can only bring two players back from the injured reserve list, which right now it seems pretty clear-cut that those two players are going to be Adrian Phillips and Derwin James, given the injuries and given how long they're expected to be out and also how much they're expected to help this defense when they come back. But that means guys like Dontrell Inman and Trevor Williams, those are two pretty big pieces of your offense and defense at some point. And those guys are probably just gone for the entire season now. So, David, the longer that this list stacks up, the harder it's going to be for the Chargers to try to determine which of these guys they're bringing back. And after this, pretty much everyone that goes on this list will probably be done for the season. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely terrible, and it's a really tough decision that you're going to have to make at some point. But as it stands right now, if nobody else more important gets hurt, you know, Keenan Allen or, trust me, never want that to happen. But if someone more important than a Derwin James or an Adrian Phillips gets injured at this point, then you might consider bringing them back on IR to return. But it is also getting into that point in the season where, If they get a serious injury, like you said, they're probably done for the year. I mean, but again, it all boils down to the one very important question is who is going to help the Chargers win the most football games right now? That answer, again, is very clear. That's Derwin James and Adrian Phillips. Let's hope that this list slows just a little bit. You have to hope that it slows down. And statistically speaking, you would almost think it has to just because of how rapidly the Chargers have been putting players on that list. But Dontra Emin out, another weapon for the Chargers offense that they will probably not see for the rest of the season. I think there could be several more roster moves in the coming weeks just to try to combat this injury wave that has already hit them so hard this season. But we do have two more segments to get into, and it's Thursday, so that means we're going to get into our keys for success for the tough, heated rivalry game against the Denver Broncos this weekend. And if you guys want to go bet on the game, I'm not telling you you should, but if you're going to go bet on it anyways you better be betting with my bookie. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're my team. Regardless, whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is the best bet this season. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. 
between football season, the playoffs and the MLB and the start of the NBA and hockey season, it's time to get off the sidelines and get into the action. And if you really want to support your team, don't sit on the sidelines and get in the game with mybookie.ag. Right now, we even have a special deal for our listeners. When you go to mybookie.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, they will double your first deposit. You put in 100 bucks, they will match that $100 for you. That's 200 bucks you have to play with this weekend betting on games with promo code LOCKEDON to double your cash. Make sure to go visit mybookie.ag today, guys. You play, you win, you get paid. And hey, if you get some money, make a good amount off of my bookie. Maybe you want to take that to the number one car dealership in California, and that is Metro Infinity in Los Angeles, just off the 210 in Monrovia. You have to swing by their brand new multi-million dollar facility and check out the amazing selection of new and used cars. They're the only dealer in California that is family owned, and they've been in business for over 25 years. And the numbers back it up, guys, because they are the number one volume car dealer in california one of my favorite parts about metro infinity is you don't even have to go to that brand new facility they will take the car and the paperwork to your home or office and you can get your car and drive off in it or keep it at your house right then without ever having to leave make sure when you go to metro infinity that you tell them that locked on charger sent you and they will give you another 500 off any car purchase they take pride in not being your typical car dealer guys where it takes hours to buy a car. I've done it. We've all done it. They don't play games over there, and they want their customers to have a luxury car buying experience. If you guys are thinking about a new Infinity or even in the market for any new car, please give them a chance to earn your business. Believe me, you won't regret it. They also have over 50 certified pre-owned Infinity as well, and you can get started by calling 626-599-7510 or going to Metro infinity.com and you can be driving off in a brand new infinity q53.0 luxury loaded car today all right david time to get into the next segment and we're going to start today by looking at the defensive side of the ball for the chargers going up against a pretty average i would say denver broncos offense there's a lot of different faces mainly joe flacco the quarterback but there's a lot of the same guys that are still there too specifically philip Lindsay and Emmanuel Sanders. I think those are the two big names on the Broncos offense that have given you fits in the past if you're the Chargers. And Phillip Lindsay, you know, broke that big, long touchdown run against you last year, and the Chargers' run defense has been a little suspect this year. So I think those are all in play in this game this Sunday. But, David, when you're looking at the keys for success and what you want to see the Chargers do defensively to have success against the Broncos, what do you think of? So, I mean, a guy you mentioned uh, just a second ago is part of my key, you know, and that's Philip Lindsay. I was when I was watching tape on, on the Broncos, you know, before, you know, going into this week, every time he touches the football, it looks like, you know, he has the burst and, and the explosiveness to take it the, the distance. And one thing that I saw that is absolutely going to be a key going into this game is stopping him before he gets started. I mean, he's going to get his plays because he has a great speed, but Try to hit him as soon as you have the opportunity. Don't miss your one-on-ones. Definitely try to contain him. Don't let him break free and break tackles because if he gets to an edge, he can take it the distance. Yeah, and when you're the Chargers defense who has struggled tackling all season, that's going to be a major key in this game. And it it continues to be a key every 
week for this Chargers team. But yeah, I get what you're saying. If he breaks the tackle and he has some open field to really build up that momentum in that small frame, good luck catching him because he is a burner. And he's also a really tough physical runner. You've seen it already this season. I mean, getting the ball on the two-yard line against the Packers, breaking out of three or four tackles and just absolutely bullying his way into the end zone to keep the Broncos in that game. I mean, he's a pretty tough runner as well and has that breakaway speed. So I'm not getting tricked at all by the 3.9 yards per carry or any of those things because I know he is a quality running back. And Royce Freeman's a guy they've used a lot this year too. I mean, Lindsey has 54 carries. Freeman has 42 carries and actually averages four and a half yards per carry where Philip Lindsay only averages 3.9 yards per carry. But David, the interior of that Broncos offensive line is their strength. I mean, that's what Cody Rourke told us. And when you turn on the tape, that's what you see. They ran a lot of plays right behind the center and they try to out physical you. And that's something you could expect from a Vic Fangio led offense. I mean, a really defensive guy. He wants this to be a physical team and The 0-4 Broncos are not going to be a pushover this weekend. And Joe Flacco hasn't been great this year, and I think that's going to be something you have to continue in this game, David, for the Chargers to have success defensively. Going into last week, Joe Flacco had been sacked 11 times, and then all of a sudden against the Jaguars, who have a pretty ferocious defensive front, they gave up zero sacks. I mean, Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe, They have a really good pass rush over there in Jacksonville, and they were unable to get Joe Flacco on the ground. So obviously, with the Chargers struggling to get a pass rush and having breakdowns in the secondary, the best way to help that, David, is by getting pressure on the quarterback, forcing Joe Flacco into bad decisions. Because yes, I know he only has three interceptions so far this season, but I'm telling you right now that in every game I watched of him, and I watched all of his games this season, He's thrown a couple interceptable balls. So for me, David, keys for success-wise, I think the Chargers need to get pressure on Joe Flacco, whether that means sending in slot blitzes, find ways to get pressure on Joe Flacco. Do not let him sit back there. And if you're in the back end of the Chargers defense and he gives you one of those opportunities, especially with how well the Denver Broncos defense can play, you absolutely have to cash in on it. You're absolutely right. You have to cash in on any opportunity you can to get a turnover. And, uh, yeah, you absolutely got to get pressure on Joe Flacco. And the only game where the Broncos weren't really close it was against the Green Bay Packers, and that's because the Packers put him on his backside six times in that game. And that was the only game of you know the four that they played this season where it wasn't relatively close, and that was because – the Green Bay Packers repeatedly forced Joe Flacco to abandon his first read because, like we were talking before we went on air today, that's exactly what he looks to do. He's trying to go get rid of that ball quickly, get it to his first read, and keep the chains moving. He doesn't take a lot of shots, so you got to try to move him off of that first read and hit him, get him on the ground as much as possible. And when he does take those deep shots, I'm wondering how the Chargers secondary is going to react to it. Obviously, there's no Derwin James and you're banged up at safety. Even now, Nazir Adderley is missing practice again with a hamstring injury, so you're not going to get any help there. How are the Chargers going to react when the Broncos decide to take a deep shot? Because if he has as much time as he did last week in the pocket, he's definitely going to take some shots. He has a huge arm. He loves throwing the deep ball. And he has some receivers that can go get it. I mean, 
particularly Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton, who have been neck and neck this year. One has 28 catches, one has 27. They're both used pretty equally, but I have a lot of respect for a guy like Emmanuel Sanders who is getting it done in Pittsburgh and has gone to the Broncos and just been as productive as he was in Pittsburgh in Denver and just always seems to be a thorn in the Chargers' side. And that's the guy that scares me. And the Chargers' secondary, can they hold up this week? Can they fix some of the issues and miscommunications that have led to easy scores in the past? Because if not, those guys are going to have a pretty good day. And it's going to be really hard for them, especially if the Chargers aren't able to get in Joe Flacco's face. And this is going to be a spotlight game for the interior of the Chargers' defensive line. Because if they can't stop the run... If they can't get a push in the pocket, it's going to be a long season for the Chargers, and it's going to be a very tough game to win if you're already losing the battle in the trenches. So if you do manage to bottle up Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton on the outside, one guy that hasn't done so well this this year, but the Broncos invested a lot in him in the first-round pick, Noah Fant, the tight end. So you want to look for him over the middle of the field. Uh, just don't forget about him. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy with a world of talent, a guy I loved watching on tape, a super productive player at Iowa with TJ Hawkinson, and a guy that you're right, it's hard for rookie tight ends to get really going in the NFL, but you saw what the Houston Texans tight ends did to you a few weeks ago, especially on those seam routes on the cover three defense. The Chargers need to iron that out before the game this weekend, but we do need to get into the offensive side of the ball and what the Chargers offense needs to do to have success in Sunday's game against a defense they have historically struggled with coming up right after this. All right, David, time to get into the last key for success. And right now we're talking about the Chargers offense. So when I look at this game and I look at the Chargers offense in the state that it is now, no Hunter Henry. We don't know about Mike Williams. We don't know about Travis Benjamin. No Dontrell Inman. Probably no Justin Jackson, who's still recovering from that calf strain. The Chargers at one point were a much more talented team than the Denver Broncos are. But I will say that those playing fields have been leveled by the injuries that the Chargers have. I mean, just taking Derwin James off of the field makes a huge difference. Getting back to the offense, the Chargers are going to be missing a lot of guys this week. But they're also going to be getting somebody back this week, David. And that, I think, is going to be a big key for this game because the Chargers are going to need to run the ball this week with success to win this game. I'm convinced of that. I know that you were thinking along the same lines as well. And they get their running back back. You get Melvin Gordon back, the guy who averaged 5.1 yards per carry, the guy that's had a couple of big games against the Broncos in the past, even when they had better defenses than the one that they're going up against this week. When you're looking at a lacking Chargers offense going up against A Denver Broncos defense that is still good, if not the elite team that you've seen in years past, still a really good team, especially against the past. What do you want to see the Chargers do offensively to have success and give them the best chance to win this game? So I think it's all in the numbers, Daniel. I mean, you look at the the Broncos defense. I mean, they're traditionally been very good against the pass. This year, no different. They're fifth in the league. But if you flip on to the run defense, they are 30th in the league, giving up 150 rushing yards per game. And last game against the Jaguars, Leonard Fournette just beat them up. I mean, from beginning to end, you get a, a big physical running back that can break tackles and that has speed that just so happens to come back last week and didn't play, but I expect him to play this week. 
that's Melvin Gordon. And Melvin Gordon, I think, against this Broncos defense, the way he runs, his style is definitely going to be beneficial. But it's going to be important for the Chargers to stick with the running game throughout the entire game. You can't abandon it. You can't see it not working because the Jaguars, they ran the ball into the fourth quarter, even behind, and they just kept at it, and they kept at it. And while they did that, they were controlling the clock. They were keeping the Broncos' offense off the football field, and they imposed their will. That helped them win the football game. The Chargers absolutely need to take a page out of that script and use it on Sunday. They do need to because that's the biggest way that they're going to win this game. I think they'll be able to do enough in the passing game to get by in this Broncos game, but it has to start in the run, and that is the part that scares me is will the Chargers abandon the running game like they have in other games this season? Even when it was working, they've abandoned it in games that they've lost. So can the Chargers coaching staff and offensive coaching staff stick to the plan and keep on running the football, even if it doesn't work right away, because you're right. Leonard Fournette ran for 225 yards last week, but a lot of that came later on in the game and the Jaguars continuing to put pressure on the Broncos defense by running the football ended up in a lot of chunk plays, including one really long run play by Leonard Fournette. So they have to stick with it because Phillip Rivers historically, when he puts the ball in the air against the Broncos, it's not usually good. I was talking to you about it before the show just because I thought, you know, Philip Rivers seems to always have a tough time with this Broncos defense. And when I looked up the stats, it made a lot of sense to me why I felt that way, because it's basically true. Philip Rivers all time versus the Broncos is 13 and 14. So basically 500, which isn't a crazy bad stat. But in 27 games against the Broncos, Rivers has 44 touchdowns, but also 27 interceptions. He's averaging one interception every time. He plays the Broncos at home or on the road. In the last six games against the Broncos, Phillip Rivers has eight interceptions and 11 touchdowns. That's not good. <laughs> that, that's, those are really bad numbers, especially for a quarterback of Phillip Rivers' caliber. New coaching staff this year, new players. The Broncos don't have Bradley Chubb. But at the same time, David, Phillip Rivers cannot be turning the ball over in this game. He has lost games against the Broncos by taking unnecessary risks and having them come back to bite him in the ass and costing the Chargers games. This Broncos defense, even with the rushing numbers they've given up, they've still held opponents in check for the most part of this season. They've allowed 23.2 points, but most of these games have been really close. They've had some other issues with their offense, putting them in bad positions as well, and them not being able to get any pressure the first few weeks, but Phillip Rivers has to be risk averse in this game. He can't try to force the issue, even if he's behind in the past. He's done that even, you know, in the two games last year, he had two interceptions each game in 2018. That is not going to win the chargers a game in 2019. No, it's not, especially with all these injuries. The more injuries you have, the less margin for error that you have as well. So they have to obviously keep Philip Rivers upright and give him enough time to make proper decisions. Before the the game against the Jaguars, the Broncos had zero sacks on the year. And I mean, as hard as that is to believe, that's the truth. But they seem to wake up a little bit. They got some sacks on Sunday against Gardner Minshew. But, you know, part of that is because Gardner Minshew was trying to keep plays alive. But that doesn't matter. I mean, we all know the pedigree Von Miller brings to the table. I mean, 
He is a prolific pass rusher. You cannot let that guy beat you. Double team Von Miller. I don't care what it takes. He is your biggest threat. You have to eliminate that. Keep Phillip Rivers upright and allow him to make smart and safe decisions. You're right. And when you're talking about, you know, Von Miller, I think that brings me to another big matchup that we're going to have to watch very closely this week. And that's going to be the matchup between Von Miller and right tackle Sam Tevy. He usually lines up at the left outside linebacker slash defensive end spot, the pass rusher on the left side, which is where Sam Tevy resides. Not that he would have much harder time against Trent Scott on the left side, but either way, Von Miller is going to be coming off the edge. He always seems to put Phillip Rivers on the ground as well. That's another stat I told you that in 27 games against the Broncos, Phillip Rivers has been sacked 64 times. That's not good. Over two sacks per game, they've allowed the Broncos to get against Phillip Rivers in his career. So I think that's the big matchup to watch. And the other big matchup I'm really excited to watch is Keenan Allen versus Chris Harris. I think they might give Chris Harris some help, especially considering what the Chargers wide receiving core might look like going into that game. But I loved watching the matchup between Darius Slay and Keenan Allen. And this is another really premium matchup. Strap Harris versus Keenan Allen. You know the trash talking is going to happen. You know Keenan Allen's still going to find a way to get open. And the Chargers need Keenan Allen to have a big game in this one for them to comfortably or realistically have a really good shot of winning the game. And the other thing that has to get going in this game as well has to be the running backs out of the backfield. You have to find a way to keep that as a successful move for your offense when you can't have the time to develop plays down the field. You need to keep Austin Eckler coming out of the backfield as an option. Melvin Gordon potentially this week coming out of the backfield as an option. Those are going to be huge plays. Todd Davis made some pretty good tackles in open space last week against the Jaguars, but the Chargers can't get away from something that has brought them so much success already this year, especially with the question marks on the offensive line, with the question marks at tight end, and with the question marks at receiver. I mean, you even have an injured running back, but that's still one of your more solid positions offensively. But the Chargers in this game are going to have to run the ball effectively. Keenan Allen's going to have to find a way to have a pretty big game. And the Chargers are going to have to find ways to get their talented playmakers like Austin Eckhart and the rest of those guys some chances in space to make some people miss and get some chunk plays because I just don't think they'll have the time to really attack this Broncos defense deep. And hey, maybe like a couple of years ago, we saw with Travis Benjamin, maybe Desmond King can take a punt return back to the house because the Chargers could really use some extra offense this week against a pretty good Denver Broncos defense. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Until tomorrow, guys, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page, Locked On Chargers, as well as subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts from. Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, you name it, you can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. And if you guys want to get your voices on the show, make sure to call into the Locked On Chargers voicemail line at 323-524-7924. We have a couple of voicemails, a couple more, and we'll do a voicemail show and you guys can get your voices on the Locked On Chargers podcast. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow, giving you our predictions for this game this weekend against the Denver Broncos. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.